0: Hi, it's Jasmine, you know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Yeah, you're a lot different than when I remembered meeting you when I went on your show and your writing shows that clearly you've done a lot of reading on your own. Like who are some of your inspirations growing up when you read books?
1: Um, uh, I hate to say this, uh, mm-hmm. but Bukowski showed me that you could write about anything and that you didn't need to go to college to be a writer. But I don't read a lot of Bukowski Um. My influences are Larry McMurtry and Elmore Leonard.
0: Yeah. Well, I love Bukowski. I didn't really read him, but I liked a lot of what he had to say. But I think I told you this before. Your writing reminds me very much of Don Fonti and also Hunter J. Thompson. And I know you referred to Hunter J. Thompson in this book.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The chicks that I have the weird foursome with.
0: So those of you listening, I'm speaking with Jude Angelini or uh, Rude Jude. You might know him from Sirius XM. And he has his latest book out called Finn. Now, there's a picture of a shark on it. But for those of you who speak French, Finn is also the end. What was the word Finn supposed to be definition-wise? So it's,
1: it's, it's double, just like you said. <laughs> uh, the series is the hyena series. It yep. starts off with hyena. It goes into hummingbird, and then it ends with Finn. And uh, fin means finished, like done, like in French, and it's also fin, it's like, kind of like it cuts through the bullshit. Yeah. Like like, uh, how a fin cuts through water, I'm cutting through the bullshit of life, basically.
0: Well, the way it's written, it's very direct, which I really love about this. And you definitely do not hold back anything in this book whatsoever. Have you ever gotten any type of backlash for any of your writings?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually had a fallout with my with my own with my daughter. Um, I've lost I've lost friends. I've had exes tell me to take their name out of it, so I did. Um, <laughs> and uh, or I've changed names. And uh, like one of my exes is a famous choreographer. So okay. she was like, get my name the fuck out of there. And I was like, fine, dude, like, whatever. I don't even say your last name. And I don't really say anything bad. But uh, uh yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely had backlash. It's-
0: I like the way it's done, though, because it's like, it kind of goes back and forth, but just the ending. And I, I really like, I don't know if I even if I should even say anything about the ending. But it just goes back to the beginning to the beginning of everything in a way, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, I try to, um, I, 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 when I first put Hyena together and I followed this formula for the rest of the books, I listened to classic albums and saw how they were structured and um, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, Beach Boys Pet Sound, um, The Second Side of Abbey Road, Thin Lizzy, Vagabonds of the Western World, Outcasts, Equemini, Scarface the diary, these are all, um, these are all albums that I looked at to, to kind of like my first, my first story is usually I try to set the tone and let you know. And then I go from there, I go ups and downs and ups and downs throughout there and kind of take you on a ride through throughout throughout it. And um, the sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. And usually when I when I say something, when I when I tell you a story, usually there's another story attached to it that kind of tells you the behind of how I came to that, came to my reasoning.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting how you do it, um, because, you know, I wrote a one woman show and I, I always like to see how everyone else's their their books, like the stories, I should say, It's an autobiography? And this feels like it's an autobiography.
1: Um. For you, yes. For the cops, no.
0: For the cops, no. <laughs> but you think yeah. it's a confession of some type? <laughs>
1: um, I do talk about uh selling drugs to yeah. f- to fund my book tour, which is you know
0: I know how that turned out. We could definitely talk about that. That was very different, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's it was like I I was uh Allegedly I was allegedly serving like a lot of these Hollywood cats and CEOs mm-hmm. and, and vice presidents of shit um, serving them. I was serving high-end people so that I could uh, so that I could um,
0: advance yourself?
1: Yeah, advance myself, fund the book tour and take care of myself and, and my family during during this whole process.
0: Yeah. And nothing's wrong with that. I mean, there's some people who do, at least you're open about it because there are a lot of people that do stuff that they're just ashamed of. And, you know, I love how open you are about everything and a lot of like life's tribulations, like, especially when you go into the dedication and you're talking about being on your ex's Instagram. I know a lot of people do that. Like once you're broken up, it's over, but it's just really hard to move on sometimes. And like, I'm not a therapist, God knows I need one, but I fired so many or I've been fired. I, I forgot where I'm at right now with this shit. But it just seems like the same theme in the book. And maybe I'm wrong. It's this theme of um I don't want to say the word and offend you, like loneliness in a way. Or like no, I
1: think that's way. I think that's fair. It's um that's that's what it's it's um we're taught that. Things make you happy, and things don't make you happy. You have to find happiness within yourself, and then once you find happiness within yourself, you go outside, and then your family and your community uh, also plays a part of 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 your joy or of being happy. You know, so, um, and I talk about that in in that story with my ex, like how we. Both were in it for our own selfish reasons, and I resented her for not making me happy when I needed to look for look into myself to find happiness.
0: Well, it seems like you have a lot of fans and just people that recognize you. When I saw the chapter called The Lick, I saw the black cat. I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to go into territory that I'm not going to freak out, but where I think it's going but you just having girls recognizing you from like Jenny Jones and everything like that. That's a big deal. I mean, do you still get a lot of people recognizing you from that time of when yeah. you were doing all the talk shows? Cause that was some, tri- I just, I couldn't stand those shows by the way, back in the day, even when I was doing them.
1: Um, I, I really didn't watch them either. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I just did it so that I could leave Michigan. I was on probation for a while and oh I was able to, I couldn't leave the state for like five years and and then I didn't even have the money to go anywhere anyway. So, uh, Jenny Jones was doing Jenny Jones was the opportunity for me to to leave Michigan. And then it turned into a bigger opportunity. Once I got popular on there, I kind of made kind of, I kind of paved my own way. Uh Like no, nobody was really doing it like that in reality television at that time. Um, so like, I, I took that opportunity and and ran with it like i got my fingers and my fingernails in the door and i kind of mm-hmm. jarred it open for myself is the way i kind of uh, i i kind of uh equated to
0: i gotta see your episodes now because like what years were that that you went on
1: two thousand ninety nine to yeah 0, 99 to oh one or 2 some shit like that
0: that's when it was hot like it was a very hot thing in the 90s up until like early 2000s did you ever see vice's trash talk tv
1: no i've never seen it i don't watch vice i think it's bullshit Uh,
0: yeah so they decided to have dark side of the 90s and of course they put in the coolest things like springer and everything like that and i remember being a part of that whole shock culture but i can relate with you when you're saying it was an opportunity to just do something and get your nails in there Cause I went on there like a zillion fricking times and um, it was really like, it's sort of demoralizing in a way, you know, like you're dealing with people in the audience that just, they, they just have nothing better to do at two o'clock in the afternoon, like in the middle of the week, but go on a freaking show and rip you apart or try to.
1: Yeah. I, I equate myself to, uh, I was like a pit bull and <laughs> uh, I was like a, I was like a, a, a fighter, or a, a, a dog fighter and uh, Jenny Jones was my master and I went in there and I fucking just did my shit. And like, that's how I equate it to, and to your point, point, nineties trash talk TV, or I they didn't even contact me, which shows you like what a, I was such a huge part of that. And I, I did a, over 80 shows and I was responsible to help keep Jenny Jones on the air. A lot of people, um, stopped watching after the gay guy got shot and I yeah. came on after and I was able to help keep Jenny Jones on the air. Like I would spike I'd spike the viewers by a million every time I, I went on there. And um uh the fact that the fact that Vice didn't even holler at me tells you I don't fuck with Vice because it's a bunch of fucking middle class edge lords yeah hipsters trying to be edgy and it's like when they see they don't even understand what real edge is they don't they think that they're fringe but they're not fringe they are the mainstream
0: i like what you said edge lords because the thing is hipsters are nothing more than middle of the road boring people who bear the image of a badass or a rebel but they're just super boring people and like i watched it i wasn't like i wasn't contacted to be on that or dark side of the 90s they just opened up the show with me on Jerry Springer, which I you know I thought was very cool. Like I thank them for that, but not putting you on there, you're right. That's I do remember now I kind of remember seeing you on and off again because I did watch the show after the guy was shot, which is really like screwed up. It just shows what those things are, like what they kind of foster amongst and people. To you know? be fair
1: to and and to be fair to uh, Jenny didn't know anything. Like, there's so many shows that go on. Jenny Jones is just one part of it. The producers are really responsible for bringing people on. And even my shit, like, was made up. And they were telling me, oh, she was saying this about you and that about you and this about you. Like, trying to hype me up. And I knew it was all a fucking lie because we had planned this shit together. I was like, I knew she didn't fucking say that about me, but okay. It's Like, you don't, need, you don't need to fucking prep me anymore. I'll fucking go on, go on my own. I was super I was super scared because I understood that I was the bad guy and I was about to get attacked by the audience. Um, and then when I went on, it was like me versus the audience. And, and I, I, I beat the audience, won them over, and uh, then they turned the guests against me. And then I killed the guests. And then after that, that's when they started bringing me on as the character Rude Jude.
0: And that's how you got the name Rue Jude for your radio show.
1: Yeah, and like I didn't even like the name. It Was this uh, gay dude, this <laughs> this gay Italian guy was like, "Your name's gonna be Rue Jude," and I was like, "Man, that shit sounds gay as hell, dude." Like, I don't now want to be called Rue Jude, but <laughs> that was the name given to me. And it's all and and I, I, if anything, it's like, like, it's you take what is given to you, and then you make the best out of it. So, like, I didn't like the name Rude Jude, but, uh, like, that's what I was stuck with, and I made the best out of it. So I became Rude Jude, even though I didn't want to be.
0: Yeah, but, like, the book shows that, but I think it's not to be nasty or anything, but I think, I mean, it's suitable in a way because you do speak your mind, and that's not being rude either. People, like, in this sensitive society, like, people's pussy truth over nothing. What?
1: Truth Jude. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just real. I'm just, uh, like. (laughs) being, if being real is rude, then I guess I'm rude, but like, We're both I, rude. I, I guess, and, and, and sometimes it is rude to be real, but like, uh, just telling the truth should not be considered rude all the time. And sometimes it is, you know, sometimes it is being rude. Some people like, need
0: it though. It's like a yeah. dose of reality. And you have so much of that, especially in a place like La La Land, people just walk around in this bubble. That must've been a culture shock for you coming here. Like moving here into all this,
1: I hated L.A. until I moved to New York, and then it made me appreciate L.A. a bit more. L.A. is filled with idiots. New York's (laughs) filled with well-read idiots. That's the way I. That's the way I look at it. Where'd you live in New York? You didn't tell me that part. I was in Manhattan for shit uh, a few three years, and I just um talk about lonely. You're just surrounded by people, and um. They say the frontal part of your, uh, your brain can only process up to 100 people. And after that, it, they become an abstraction. So, like, you, you have so many people that they don't even, they're not even people anymore. They're just these fucking things. And I would be surrounded by people and yet feel so alone because I wasn't a person, I was just a thing walking around
0: it's like being anonymous in a way it's a big city and it's everyone has their own thing going on. And yeah, I mean, we push people. I grew up in New York. I'm a New Yorker. And for the most part, I know totally what you mean. You're just very anonymous and you just kind of mix into the crowd somehow, you know, and you go about your day. Yeah. And that's it. That's and it. You feel like a number, like a speck on the sidewalk or like bird shit or something like that. <laughs> that's- now, I've got yeah, to ask you, you the nail on what? My head. Yeah, it's true. That, I mean, that is what's your sign. Anyway, I'm just asking. So I
1: just you want to make a guess or. I'll... OK, no, let me
0: go. OK, I'm OK. Bear in mind, I, don't, I do not like looking up people's stuff on Wikipedia before I bring them on the show. I'd much rather learn right. about them. So let's say well, um, my
1: Wikipedia is totally fucking off. Yeah,
0: YouTube. so is mine. They won't even freaking correct that shit. Are you Scorpio or Libra?
1: I'm a Libra. Totally.
0: I knew it. Now I'm a Scorpio. When's your birthday?
1: September twenty fifth. So, yeah, I'm right at, like, I'm right at the cusp of Virgo, Libra, and it's um, and Libra is like justice and fairness and <laughs> balance and all of that, and that's kind of, um, sign wise, that's where I lie. Now, people might not agree with, uh, think that astrology is bullshit, and that's fine, um, but it's it paints a pretty good picture of me. Like if my characteristics line up with my sign, totally.
0: Yeah, same with mine, passionate. I could turn on someone real fast if they pissed me off or pissed me off long enough, you know, stuff like that. But that hasn't happened in quite some time, thank God. Uh, The other thing is I read, okay, so now we're at the book signing. So Jude orchestrated a book signing and it was kind of interesting what happened like actually i thought it was no class whatsoever on the people who ran the bookstore or their signing that was not cool what they did then you had to do your meet and greet in a parking lot
1: yeah this is this is the so called all these bookstores are so called woke yeah um <laughs> but if you if you don't go along with their narrative they dismiss you and um so i did i set up a reading at people's books and i didn't i didn't want to even give them any uh, in austin at people's books and i didn't i wasn't even going to do a reading i was just doing a signing because i didn't want to compete against uh uh the foot there was a football game i didn't want to compete against the longhorns so i was just like i'll just do a signing people can come in there get get their book signed and take a picture and call it a day and i promoted it on the air and i promoted it twice And people began calling up and the people calling up were Mexicans, blacks, Mm -hmm. working class, white people. Yeah. And, um, they freaked out and I got a phone call from my publishers (laughs) at the time telling me to, they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm promoting the signing. They're like, you're supposed to just sign books and then people can come there and leave. And I'm like, I could have just, sign them and we could have just signed them and sent them there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was the whole, what's the, what's the purpose of this? So I was like, they're like, they're afraid for their safety. <laughs> you need to stop saying that shit. And I'm like safety, like, what what do they think is going to happen? Like people that don't read books are going to fucking steal your books. Like no one gives like, I'm bring I'm bringing in an audience that don't read books to your bookstore. And instead of like embracing that and having books that they may like, Um, they went the exact opposite direction and I, and totally, uh, shit on me, my fans, I stopped promoting it and over 50 people end up showing up anyway. And they were allowed to come in, purchase the book, and then they had to wait outside for me. And, uh, so we did it out, out front of the bookstore, like people were in the parking lot and i and that's where i did i did it and the thing is it's like they were the the people there were just happy to be there and they were ignorant to how they were being treated oh um so they weren't even upset i was the one that was really mad and but i put on a happy face and you know i had people driving up to like four hours just to come to come see that shit, and um I was I was super fucking pissed. I was like, "Yeah, you're everyone's welcome as long as you're a, a rich white liberal. Like everyone is welcome if you're a rich white liberal, and if not, then fuck em. And, I was gonna
0: say because not- Austin's a pretty liberal town, so that's the last place I'd expect some bookstore to be so ignorant. And you know, books are for everyone, regardless of like race you know, whatever work you do or whatever you've done in the past it's for everyone because everyone gets something out of books, like especially yours. I love your book. Like I didn't think it would be this good. I wasn't sure. I'm like, it's going to be good, but then it's better than what I thought it would be. And it's very relatable and you don't use all this eloquent language. It's 198 pages, which is a perfect, perfect size for a book. Um, right. or under ninety eight pages with actual stories, yeah, that's a shame that happened, but you definitely took the high road and you know your your fans deserve to meet you you know, drive yeah. like four hours to be treated like that? Did they say anything about you going in the parking lot and g- continuing your meet and greet?
1: No, they said I was allowed to go in the parking lot and th- that i and I didn't meet the managers nobody even nobody was even educated on the book, and it was i i I just admit I was just aghast uh, uh, about the way that they fucking treated my people like I couldn't even I couldn't even believe it I was so fucking pissed but I did I didn't show it because I didn't want my people to 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 feel upset like they drove I I wanted them to have a good experience
0: yeah well they deserve to be treated you know better than that not by you but by a bookstore that's somewhere I would never want to even buy a book from to be honest with you
1: You look I'm gonna be real with you most of these the majority of these bookstores that I did my signings in I would I'd pack the fucking place um sell sell hundreds of books and then they wouldn't fucking they wouldn't reorder the book and then they complain that no one's buying books from bookstores and it's like well you won't even carry I'm I'm bringing in a whole new group of people and you don't even carry my book so like what do you what do you what do you expect like my sales at the time, it was 60, 40 forty. Sixty percent was uh, books were being sold at bookstores, and forty percent were being sold online. My shit was seventy percent online and thirty percent at bookstores. To show you how little that they carried my book.
0: Well, yeah, I hope you get to do a signing of some type with this because I really like and I love the characters. I hope someone makes it into some sort of like a mini series. Um, Um, specifically, I, this is probably going to be the obvious, the swinger on Instagram. Like, what did she look like?
1: (laughs) Uh, the swinger on Instagram, that was the one who, uh, for, for people that don't know, like she came on, she came on, she came on to me on IG. She had a husband. They, they swung. She flew out to come see me. I was a bit nervous about it. So I told her to get a hotel. And then we end up uh, having really good sex. And the crazy shit was, was like, she was in the studio and her husband called up to the show oh. while we're fucking, while she's there talking about me fucking his wife. And it was just, it was fucking surreal, dude. It was like, it was surreal. Like, he's like giving me his, his wife to fuck. And um, That's a I did it of- properly. I I showed out I like I, I i fucked her right so there you go
0: in the middle of the show i'm probably i feel as though it was probably one of the most tame guests you ever had on your show like i've heard some of the
1: stories <laughs> she wasn't even a guest she was just sitting there she was sitting there and the, her man called up i i'd mentioned that she was there and her man called up and we had a conversation and then i went on with the show and then we went home and did our thing but yeah it was fucking. It was, yeah, it was surreal to, to say the least.
0: Now, I know you don't really want to mention names, and I would never want to put you in a predicament because I honestly want to see you succeed with your book and you know the signings and all that stuff. But you're saying third wave feminist writer. I think we're like in this bullshit fourth wave of feminism with all the crap going on. Are you allowed to at least give me her initials?
1: I don't even know which which story are you talking about? Um it's a
0: story where you're at a party where Ross took you to something <clears throat> to a party with people
1: with rich white people in the hills. And then a uh, third wave what happened with the third wave feminists uh <clears throat>
0: Same thing with all of them they just she's starting to cry and freak out on the couch over something and you had to talk to her you had to you had to give her something to calm her down.
1: Oh she came she came through she came through to uh to to kick it but she just wanted a cop She wanted to cop drugs and, um, she started crying about all of the me too shit that was happening. And she was attached to the me too. Oh, guy, um, Weinstein. Yeah. She was attached to Weinstein. And I was just like, I just said, I was like, we're all grownups. People know what the fuck they're getting into. Like, Mm mm-hmm. You can fuck somebody or not fuck somebody. The casting couch has been there forever. And to be fair, like, yo, dude, there's there's been fucking gay directors that have come on to me. If I let them <laughs> blow me, I could have probably had I probably could have had a better career, but I just chose not to let uh the guy blow me. So, there there you go. Like we all have choices in this world. Um if you choose to do something, that's that is on you. That that's on you. If you go to a fucking hotel room at midnight, like, there ain't nothing but a bed there and opportunity. So, uh, you're really, fooling, I thought you're, you could
0: have like ice cream and cookies with someone. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're, exactly. You're fooling. <laughs> it's, it's fucking bullshit. That's why I miss like my grandmother and stuff like that. I miss the, I miss the real feminists yeah. that were, that held themselves accountable and d- behaved like ladies and. Didn't put themselves in positions where they would be victimized, and I use that in a very in in their term. I don't feel like I don't feel like a lot of these people were victims, especially. Um, uh, I don't know if you read my other two books. You should if you like this one. I hyena. did read
0: um, the other one before. You gave me a hummingbird.
1: Of- okay, yeah. So hummingbird and hyena. Um, I've had really close family members raped. So to some, for somebody that fucks somebody for a part to mm-hmm. a, a, equate themselves to a rape victim, I find to be uh, disrespectful to people who have been raped. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's fucking bullshit. So I, I really push a push against that. And people yeah, I'm think, in the oh, same boat.
0: I'm in the same and boat with you on this. Yeah.
1: They're like, awesome. oh, you're a fucking, you're sexist and this, that. And I'm like, no, I'm for fucking women and I'm not for women who fuck for parts to call themselves being raped. Like that's that's totally different. You had you had you had choice. You could get you could get up and fucking leave. Like hey, if someone rapes you, they fucking raped you. But uh if they didn't, don't say don't say you were fucking sexually assaulted. Like get the fuck out of here.
0: Well it's two different things. There's such a thing as buyer's remorse you know, like you, you regret having sex with this really horrible looking girl at the club. Like you wake up the next morning maybe You know, and that's buyer's remorse right there. Or for women, it's you know screaming rape. And yeah,
1: exactly. But
0: then you have real, real victims. Remember the dance tavern story years ago in it's Boston, so in Massachusetts, there was a woman that was raped by like ten guys, and everyone just watched. You know,
1: yeah, that's that's a rape. That's real rape, right? And Uh, fucking somebody and feeling bad about it the next day is not rape. I mean, I. I've, I've been talked into sex. I've had, I've had people talk me into fucking them many times. Like I've been finessed out of Dick, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) I've been finessed out of Dick and I don't call that rape. I just, they got me. You know what I mean? What am I going to say? They well done. You, you, you played me like I didn't get raped. I got played.
0: Yeah. That's another way to look at it. God knows. I mean, I would not go to a man's room late at night where he answers in a bathrobe and go in, you know, a bathrobe and go into his room. I think Pam Anderson tweeted something about this quite a while back, where she said, "You know, what do you expect when you go to a man's hotel room and he answers the door in a bathrobe? You're you're not going to be scrubbing his back in a bubble bath, that's for sure, or having milk and cookies, watching TV, you know, watching Tom and Jerry or some crap." But no, I agree with you wholeheartedly in that. But I'm glad. You know, you put that in your book, and uh, more importantly, when you put this third wave of feminism, which people are not aware of, and I'm sure a lot of your fans kind of know what it is, or should know. I name. think,
1: people, I, I, look, um, what's, what's talked about and what people believe are two different things. They talk about all this shit, but what people believe, like rational people believe are two different things. And, uh, and I've, I've encountered this, like women like, to be treated like women and men like to be, if you're a man, you want to be a fucking man. Like I, I like gender roles. I think there's a place for gender roles in this society. Um, they didn't come out of nowhere. You know, it was uh it's a sense of caveman days. Like, and the thing is, men are expendable, like men go, to, that's what they send men to war. We're built to go to war and die. And women are built to fucking create life. And that—that's really, I, I think, and that's the beauty of things. Like, it's dope that you can create life. Um, if, if a hundred guys get sent to war and one comes back, he can knock up every single one of those ladies, and they can repopulate. Um, but if a hundred women go to war and one comes back, it's going to take nine months for her to fucking have another kid, and then nine months for her to have another kid, and then I, so it's like. You can't repopulate. You can't repopulate if a bunch of women get killed. You can repopulate if a bunch of men get killed.
0: That's a very interesting way of looking at things, but it's really true, you know. And then you go on and on about this whole thing with having a family. Having a family. Never understood with like guys' obsession. Some guys have that whole obsession with it, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Then you get women that have this whole bullshit. Oh, my time clock is ticking, and blah 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 blah. It's like, okay, yeah, it's clicking. Okay, fine. Like, I don't have kids. I never wanted them because I just, you know, I guess like when the more I read your book, I just think the less attachments we have or less responsibility we have to people out there, especially like a young kid, like the wilder your life is or just the crazier things you do and you just keep doing things, you know, whenever you want to on the cuff, because I just looked at a lot of the things you've done, like the way you've spoken with people and the way you've, um, you know you've gotten hit up on Instagram just to do this, this or that with whomever. And then at the end, like if you were, if you had a kid or if you had this family, you wouldn't be doing half that stuff. Right. And
1: yeah. And and the thing is this, and you might not fall into this category, but I was in LA and I I was around a bunch of uh, powerful women Mm -hmm. that were in their fucking late thirties and forties. And they're like going crazy. And Mm -hmm they're drinking oat milk and all natural and yoga and and doing everything's all natural but the most natural thing to do is to have a fucking kid like you bleed once a month right like your body wants you to have a we're put here to breed we're put here to breed we're fucking animals like we're animal we're we're high we're the highest end of the animal but we are still animals and we're put here to reproduce and then, then they wonder why they're fucking going crazy about fucking shit. It's like because you're not having kids, and um, I, I feel that kids bring meaning to life for a lot of people. And and it's to me, I write about it. It's a sign of hope. It's like a hope for the future. The kids are hope incarnate. It's it's you are hoping for something better. Therefore, you are having a child so that so that your seed. And your DNA will continue on to, through the future. Like to me, like you don't want to have a kid. That's fine, but I think I think people like you should be having kids because we need people like you to fucking have kids, reproduce, and have children that that you that you have bred and taught put into this society. I think it's a good thing.
0: That's so sweet of you. That's like the nicest thing anyone said to me all morning, even though it's like still super early, you know, it really is. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just like traveling and just like do my own thing and not answering to anyone, popping wheelies on a bike or whatever, you know, whatever thing I could do. I just get up in the morning and wherever the day takes me, it takes me, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jazz. And like, look, that's up, that's up to you. But, um, and -hmm. everybody has, everything is a trade-off, um, Yes, you have your freedom, but like, who's gonna look after you when you get old? Um, My cat. We, yeah, they're gonna eat you when you die. That's <laughs> that's, that's what's gonna fucking happen. Like, um, so I I I do think that the the fact that smart people aren't reproducing and they're reproducing at a lower rate than dumb people, I think that's a problem, and it's gonna and it's gonna affect society in a negative way.
0: Okay, let's adopt a kid then. Okay. Let's adopt a little boy. Um
1: I don't want a throwaway kid. I want a real kid. I want my own DNA. My DNA happen. is good.
0: It'll happen for I, you. Like I'm I'm I am 100% sure it will happen for you. I seriously and, mean
1: that. Don't get me wrong, I got a daughter, but like um but uh it's it's um But but it's it's different. It's different.
0: Yeah, of course, because yeah. boys could always keep carrying on the family name and everything like that. Um, well, that and
1: well, and female DNA and like intelligence is uh, they, they, a lot of intelligence comes from the female side. Uh That that that, that they they did a test or they did a, they did experiments and it showed that a lot of intelligence comes from the female side. So it's important that fucking smart women are fucking having kids and they're just not enough are.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. I like how open you are, especially like in your book, I still say like the most touching part of it is the end of your book. Um, Cause just the way it's written, it just takes you back to like when you're born and you're innocent you don't, you haven't been tainted by all the bullshit that goes on in this world. You know, if you let it taint you and you know, it's just nice. It's, I've got to read the end of it and I'm sorry. And I know I'm not ruining ruining this for anyone. Um, yeah. Every fight I'd climb into that box, hoping against hope that I'd come out somewhere else. Every time I'd end up in my bedroom, listening to the hollering and screaming downstairs, that was a lifetime ago, but I find myself climbing into that box, trying to go somewhere else.
1: That's a toy box and
0: see how far I've come from that first toy box. And I'm grateful. And it's just, it's so touching because I think we all go back to our childhood at some point and just really think about something that brings you back to that place where you're, you know, you're happy or you just feel untouched or there's this, this way to just. There's an innocence. Different. Huh?
1: Yeah, there's an innocence. Yeah. That, that story was about, so we went to a resale shop and my mom bought a toy box for me and I asked, I asked him what it was, I asked the owner what it was for. He was like, you can climb in there and come out in a magical place. <laughs> and um, I grew up in a very violent um, home. And uh, when the fights were happening, I would climb into the toy box and t- to hope that I would come out in a new place. And I never did. And then the box became drugs or sex or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was that was that was my escape and then when you get done with it you're still where you you, you're still where you're at so you it's basically you got to deal with what's in front of you there is there is no escape
0: like you mean i can't jump into a photo that i like like in mary poppins and just be somewhere else i always wanted to do that as a kid by the way
1: yeah i mean you can but once you get done you're right back as a as a child back in in that home with whatever kind of whatever kind of family that you're in, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a pretty stable household for the most part. It's hard to tell though.
1: <laughs> hey, it's good on you like look, um I, I it's crazy. I used to look at kids I, I'd be like 25 and I'd look at happy kids and I'd be I'd be mad at them cuz I was jealous. I was jealous of their upbringing. And um and uh I don't do that anymore. I I'm happy for them.
0: Do you ever believe in reincarnation or like a second life?
1: I believe in multiple dimensions and uh I think that like the soul is infinite and perhaps there's other Reality is going on that's not just this one, and perhaps I'm in different places at the same time. So, in 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 that sense, yes, I do believe in reincarnation.
0: Would you want to do anything over? Like, if I had a chance of reincarnation, I don't want it because I wouldn't trade anything in my life from birth to now or wherever I end up for anything. Like, I'll give um, it away if you want it. You could have it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't have any regrets, if that's your question. There's no regrets for this life. This is the life that I've led, the mistakes I've made, I've learned from, and those that I don't learn from, I repeat until I do learn. So um, there's, no, I don't don't really, I have no regrets whatsoever.
0: Wow, that's intense.
1: There's things that I, there's things that I I wish could have happened differently, but they didn't. So there's there's no going back. That's a waste of time.
0: I get what you're saying, 100. percent I mean, what do you what do you think is gonna what are you gonna do next as far as your show um, and as far as this book? Because I know COVID slowed a lot of people down. You seemed to be very productive during that time. Uh, you know, it ended a lot of people's dreams and their hopes and what they wanted. What's in store for you next?
1: I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push this book. I'm going into rehab. My, my goal is to really have a family and like homeschool them and get them away from all the bullshit that's going, that's, that's happening around them and <laughs> kind of teach them what I believe is real. And maybe what I believe is real is, is wrong. But um, I'm going to go with my beliefs rather than somebody else's.
0: Yeah. Everyone has that right to believe whatever they want to and raise their kids. How they feel is suitable for that, you know? And what about the radio show? What happens with your show?
1: Uh, it continues on. It gives me a good platform to, I'm really into self accountability. And that's, I talk about, you know, I talk, I bring on Everybody from porn chicks to fucking, mm-hmm. you know, to black to blind people that have taught themselves how to walk around without needing a stick, and with within that, I drop gems of truth. Um, it's it's basically like crushing up, it's like crushing up medicine and putting it in and applesauce and feeding it to babies. It's like. I'll give you all of this other shit that you want I'll give you the dick jokes and all that and then I'll give you little gems that I believe to be true so I think i i i like my radio show i think it's a and um and I think it's uh it's productive it's as productive as it can be at the in the time that we're living
0: yeah a hundred percent it's a great outlet for you too i feel and do you by any chance? Uh, God, like my mind is half functioning because I just am still. There's so many things in that book that are great takeaways for everyone in all walks of life, and I completely encourage people to buy Finn. Like it's on Amazon, and I really hope somewhere, like maybe Greenlight Books or Book Soup or you know the last bookstore, one of those you know will give you a chance to go out there and, you know, read and, and do a signing. Cause I know you have a lot of fans. Um, it's and, funny.
1: It's like, those yeah. people are like my enemies and my ally at the same yeah. time, because yeah, what I have to say goes against their belief system, but I'm also, I also need them. And they also need a person like me to bring in people to read books that don't read books. So that's, that's kind of, where I'm at, like this catch 22, where it's like, the people that despise me, I need their help. And um, they also need me too, because bookstores are dying. And they're dying for a reason.
0: It's like a win win situation. So I hope that I get to see you at the last bookstore, or somewhere really cool like that. And, you know, it's funny, because we talked about hipsters before. They like those hipster bookstores, they should carry this book. For sure, and you know maybe they could but the, learn. But the
1: thing is, is hipsters. Um,
0: You're scared.
1: <laughs> hipsters aren't. Uh, hipsters aren't hip. They're they're conformists. Yeah. Like, I went to a wedding of a loved one, and they're talking all this woke bullshit. And then when the music played, they're listening to fucking. Top forty shit, and I was just like, their way of thinking is no longer fringe. They're pop. You know what I mean? They're, mm-hmm. they're, it's their way of thinking is not punk rock. It is conformity, and uh, that that hipsters are com- are conformists.
0: That's a hundred percent true. That's very true. Not many people say that, and. It's funny when you see them with band shirts on. I think we had this discussion the other day. So I was wearing my Rush jersey yesterday. It's from a show, like 79.80. And yeah. this girl's like, oh my God, that's like the coolest shirt. Where'd you buy that? Do you get that a hot topic? It's like, oh, really? Did you just ask me that? No. Um, actually, I got it from the show. You no, know, yeah. and that's why I'm wearing it. I was very young at the time and I had this babysitter that took me to see like Black Sabbath. She took me to shows. I, I still have like original
1: concert jerseys. That's fucking awesome.
0: Well, yeah. And someone offered me $2,000 for a Motley Crue jersey. I'm like, no, <laughs> you'd have to kill me before you get my shirts. Like I will be buried with those one of these well, days.
1: To your point, it's funny that um, my cousin is a farmer and he was telling me that like rich, rich people are paying like 12, $1,200 for farmer for real farmer jeans, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they they want so bad to look like they've experienced the shit, but they don't experience. They don't want to have to experience the shit themselves.
0: What are farmer jeans exactly? Like, what just working class like, people wear on a yeah, farm? Just so like,
1: yeah, just like, oh my god! Oh, my cousin's got you know, he wears Carhartts, and they're fucking he 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 uh, you know raises hens and does crops and fucking has pigs and shit like that and wears those pants and people there there's like in in the farmer in the farmer magazine there's people that are like trying to buy those jeans to resell them to rich people so that the rich people can feel like they've actually worked
0: yeah well If you haven't, you just got to look at the hands and you could tell everything. It's funny. Then you have the guys that have like all the tattoos and then they got the beard going. But hey, they can't change attire for shit. So it's just it's the same thing. It's just this whole culture where people want to look apart, but they're not that part. They don't want to do that part. But yet they'll look down on it and say stuff. You know, I'm walking and these guys are like these two UCLA kids are like, oh, only poor people should go to the army. I turned around to the one guy. I said, you know what? I said the problem is this is a society now with a lot of young boys that are wusses. I said for you to become a man, you either need to go to prison or go to the army. That, you got free school that way too.
1: Yeah, the thing, but the thing is is they they despise it's it's funny, it's uh they despise the farmer, they despise the working man, they despise, they despise the veteran. Um, yet they want to look like that person.
0: Yeah, because girls are attracted to working-class men. Like, I love guys that work. I really do. Um, no matter what what it is, whether it's like, well, not as a pimp, but, um, you know, just a working guy. Because you want to get up if you're a kid, and you want to, like, even young kids want to see a man that's working. You know? Yeah instead of like mooching off of whatever some rich woman or the mother or off the government, unless you really need to. But I agree with you. They despise the working class person and, but yet they want to look like it and it's, it's a yeah. sad place that we're in right now.
1: Yeah. We're in this, yeah. We're there's uh, a lot of cognitive dissidents, and people don't understand the hypocrisy that they live in. And look, we all have cognitive diff- dissidents, and we all have blind spots, um, and I don't know what my blind spots are, but I know I have some, and that like that's part of the battle. Like you just have to know that you have blind spots, and that that will give you humility.
0: Yeah, you're probably one of the most you're you are by far one of the um, smartest people I've spoken to you in this de- I've spoken to in this decade. Um, Thank you. No, I really mean that, and your writing says it all. And I hope everyone gives Jude's book a chance. It's F I N Finn uh end in many languages yeah Norwegian French but you need to just read it and absorb it because there are a lot of great stories I love the hookers in the book by the way those are like my favorite characters and then the girl that's getting fisted it just it shows you just the other side of society it really does
1: like I try to show I I what I want to do is show the I want to show all parts I want to show the the top end and the bottom end Cause I've got, I've, I've been able to, I've been lucky enough to hang out with um, one percenters and bottom one percenters. You know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to, and I, and I've come from the, I've come from low class, you know, I've, I've come from the bottom and I've worked my way up to the top. And now it's like, that saying if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong fucking room so like now I'm mm-hmm. constantly just trying to grow and evolve right now everything's been put on hold because of covid but yeah
0: hey what did you think of the super bowl do you even watch that stuff like i don't really watch it did you see the i time- don't
1: even know i don't even know who won um i i have to watch the halftime show later on today yeah. i know this is going to be played later, but I have to watch the halftime show later on the day because my boss was on it. So I have to be, I have to, I have to watch it and see, see what happened.
0: No, I um, saw him on it. I saw part of the uh, halftime show and I was out to dinner, but I saw part of it.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I got, I got no comment on it. Um, no, and I'm, I, I honestly, I'm really grateful to Eminem for giving me a chance and, uh, giving me a, give me a shot and, His name alone has helped get me out of poverty. So Yeah. There you go. I like
0: the lineup though. I like watching Snoop and Dre, Mary Blige. I was hoping to see like little Kim. She and I shared the same shitty lawyer at one point, this lawyer Melvin Sachs, and I'm allowed to say his name now. He's passed away. But one thing about his clients is they always did time. Even though he claims he'll get you out of shit. You always do time. So she, yes. uh, unfortunately had the same, um, experience I did with him, but yeah, I mean, thanks for coming on and letting me talk to you. And I really feel, um, I, you're gonna, you're gonna do really well with this book and it spoke to me and it's very hard to speak to me from any piece of literature Thank and you. I want everyone to, uh, definitely buy it. It's fin. it's on Amazon. And do you have a website people can go to and just your social handles?
1: Um, it's my website. Is, hasn't been updated Um, but I don't even know what it is. Um, it's one more Jude on Instagram. That's the all out show. If you want to hear, hear me talking shit, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be different than this conversation. And, um, but like really my books are me being able to be myself. And those are hyena hummingbird and finn and like uh, i'll tell you right go steal go steal hyena from <laughs> youtube you can hear me reading that shit. uh buy the white hummingbird that's the one that i actually get paid for and then check check out finn check yeah. out Finn. Thanks those were- are
0: being open with everything by the way
1: no, nope, no, no problem. I appreciate it. And I appreciate, I, I appreciate our conversations on and off the air. And um, Jasmine, you, you've been you've been nothing but fucking cool to me. So thank Aww. you. I, I'm no like- other questions? I got fucking time. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I So yeah, but uh, I appreciate you.
0: Well, no, I know you got a lot of stuff going on too. And like you being open about going into rehab. I know that's like a super important thing to like get back on track with that type of stuff, you know, especially with the pandemic, I think it's brought out a lot of habits and a lot of people going into rehabs. And, you know, I respect that about you. This is what you want to do.
1: Look, I wouldn't go to rehab if I didn't get it. Uh, if I hadn't developed insomnia and, um, perhaps the, maybe looking back, that'll be a blessing for me, but, uh, I'm just going to rehab to, to, kick the the shit i use to sleep it's, it's not the day to day shit you know it's, it's not like i got I'm, I'm not sitting here with a drinking problem or anything like that i i've, I've had my bouts with ketamine but uh that's not what i'm going to rehab for it's funny i was able to kick all i was able to kick all my fun drugs on mm-hmm. my own and then uh the the drug the drugs that i i i developed using this past couple of years just to sleep are the ones that really whooped my ass and to the to the medical community like i I was talking to you off air about this but like Mm -hmm. i've od'd and almost died on these fucking drugs just to try to sleep and i sit there and beg i'm like they they bring me back to life and i'm begging for help and uh they're just like, no, nah, I can't can't do anything. I'm like, I just need something to help me sleep. Nope, can't do it. You gotta go to your primary physician.
0: Yeah, that was bullshit.
1: Seriously. And I'm and then I go to my primary physician and he like it's like, you gotta go to a sleep doctor and I go to a sleep doctor and like they can't like no one can fucking no one no one has any answers for me. So it's just like uh I had to come up with my own answers and my own answers really we're damaging. Like I just got 10 stitches taken out of my head from, I don't know, falling down steps. I put myself through a window sleepwalking on these fucking drugs. Um, and even today, like this morning, like I, I took them last night just to go to fucking bed. Like, cause if not, I just, I just lay there and I'm up and I'm up and I'm up. And I don't wish that on, I don't wish that on anybody. Like, being able to rest, reset, turn off your brain is a huge, is a huge deal. And uh, like, it, this has been, it's been a real, t- uh, it's 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 been quite trying for me, to to say the least.
0: Yeah, but you've dealt with it really well. I got concerned when I saw your photo with the black eye. I'm like, okay, did he, you either got into a fight, like piss someone off, which is I think a lot of people thought that then next thing you know, no, it's just from sleepwalking. Okay, fine. Just sleepwalking. No big deal. But that's, that's pretty dangerous in and of itself is sleepwalking.
1: I don't even know. I don't even know how I got the black eye. to be all the way real with you. I just, I just came to butt naked with my mom yelling at me. Like she came over. So I'm naked with my mom. I'm like this (laughs) 24 year old naked bleeding from my head and my leg with the black eye. And she's yelling at me and I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I had to go to fucking, go get stitched up and then go to ER and shit to get a brain scan and- uh, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was just a fucking ordeal. And through all that, there was, at the end of the day, they just stitched me up and sent me home to do the drugs that put me to sleep, <laughs> that yeah, I, that, I've concocted, that I've concocted for myself to put me to sleep it's it's funny it's uh it's funny how 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 systems are designed
0: yeah it really is and I just I don't trust the system as far as health care and I mean they really give you the runaround like my mom was she didn't want to go to the doctor her blood pressure like skyrocketed after she took the vaccine and then it's like skyrocketing high I'm like you need to go to the ER and she didn't want to go um nonetheless the authorities got involved uh she ended up in the ER room and oh well she has to go to her primary care physician um for blood pressure medication it's like no she needs to get it now and you know you don't want me coming into the ER room to make a scene yeah so yeah it's it's bad like they want you to die
1: they don't cure shit (laughs) they just give you they give you band-aids they keep selling you band-aids for your bullet wounds they won't take out the bullets they just give you band-aids to put on top of it and charge premium prices for those, for the band-aids that they give you.
0: I could have given you a band-aid, uh, like seriously. And it's cheap too, it's free, like for free.
1: <laughs> too bad I'm not in LA. I'm just, yeah, I so I'm you- out here in fucking Michigan, yeah.
0: Well, are you gonna come back out here? Or are you gonna stay there?
1: Uh, the last time I came out, um, I stayed at a hotel and ended up sleepwalking like through <laughs> the hotel. So I, I really need to get this shit under control mm-hmm. before I, I go back again. And uh, so I, I'd like to go back out to Los Angeles. I, I built a, I, I've got 20 years worth of people and mm-hmm. friends and shit out there. But um, as of right now, I, I got to get right before I can do anything.
0: Yeah, I believe that. Now that I think about it, I actually dated a guy briefly that was sleepwalking. And he did have a black eye. It's not because he fell. It's because we got into a, well, it was a little bit of an argument.
1: Um, oh. But yeah, just
0: a normal argument, you know, just yeah, <laughs> very normal for me. Uh, but it's just, it's a really, it's a tough thing. And, you know, there are ways to deal with it. And, uh, you know, it's nice that you're open about that, because that's something most people are not open about, you know, rehab and then, uh, you know, sleepwalking. It's like going up to a girl and saying, Hey, I snore when I sleep. It's like an ultimate deal breaker for most people.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I I understand that shit. Um Do you totally. snore? Uh actually I did, but I got because this is I this I had to have a surgery done. Um my nose collapsed on itself when I breathed in. Um, so it caused me to mouth breathe. Like if I, I, if I sniffed, the skin would close over top of the nose holes. So I wouldn't get any, any over, over top of, uh, where the, where the air comes in. So I wouldn't get any air. So I ended up, uh, ended up mouth breathing and that caused me to snore. So yeah, I did snore.
0: Ouch. Yeah. That's cr- yeah. I think these masks somehow affect it too. I was dating a guy who was wearing a mask all the time. I dumped him because he was snoring. Like, I didn't know he would be a snorer. Then it's like he goes back to work and he's wearing the mask like all day at work. Then he comes home and he's snoring. I'm like, OK, this. Yeah, I just can't. I really can't. And you can't like make someone sleep on their side. And it's really it's a sad thing. You can get along with someone super well, but it's just that one deal breaker.
1: I'll fail you. Yeah, it's uh- a. <laughs> honestly like i'm for i'm for couples having separate rooms like i know it sounds crazy but like like we can spend all this time together but i don't need to sleep with you i need to rest like i I need to knock out and it, it like if i can get to a point where i can sleep with somebody that's fucking great but even even now like when i have chicks over or some shit like that they sleep in the guest room and i sleep in my own room because don't they
0: think that's weird
1: They understand. It's just like when you're dealing with somebody with insomnia and shit like that, like Mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is have to worry about waking up the person next to you or, you know, your habit. So it's just like, like if if they want me to be functional the next day, they'll sleep in the fucking next room. We can sleep, we can sleep together and you can sleep and I can just lay there next to you and wide, wide fucking awake. Um, (laughs) So it's like you can't have it both ways. Some people, some people, like yo. If you can sleep with somebody, God bless you. That's fucking great. Spoon, spoon your fuck, spoon to death. Like I love it, <laughs> but uh, I'm just, I'm just not at that. I'm, I'm just not there. And maybe I will get to that point, but right now I'm, I'm all for like fucking separate rooms, and then we can get up and do our shit together. We can fuck, we can do that, and then spoon, and then get up and go to sleep. Like,
0: yeah. No, I hope. But it- uh. Hope it works out like seriously.
1: Yeah, but I haven't had anybody really serious um, that I've slept with in a, in a re- very long time. So. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully so, yeah, it happens for you like the way you want it. And, you know, I, I really hope things work out for you this time. Um, you know, I would stay on here longer, but I think what I want to do yeah. is have you back on. Uh, okay. you know, after you're at a rehab, but I am not going to disconnect you after please, okay. everyone go out and buy his book Finn. And if there are any bookstore owners or managers or friends that people that know bookstores have them at the store. Cause he's really cool. Like he's amazing. And for him to read stories to people, it's, it's a different type of dynamic. And the book touches everyone in a different way. And no, I don't mean that way. Like get your heads out of the fucking gutters. Um, and check out the radio show on Sirius XM. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm sending you, Thank like, you. the biggest virtual hug. And don't hang up.
1: I'm taking it. Thank you. Hugging you back.
0: Aw. All right. Stay tuned for next week's episode of Crazy Train. But in the meantime, buy this book. Or something bad will happen. <laughs> Hurry up!